North Pole Hotline. We've decked the hall for our holiday party. Now we need to get decked out, too. Get the Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, get up to 50% off store-wide now on party-perfect styles like velvet tops and pixie pants. Up to 50% off? It is the season to be jolly. Jeans and sweaters start at just 15 bucks with tops from just 7 bucks. Ooh, we need those styles. Follow Lala fast. Buy online and pick up in store for free. And don't forget to redeem your super cash now through Tuesday to save even more. Kids, we're going to Old Navy. Holiday your heart out with up to 50% off store-wide at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Valid through 12 select styles only. Other exclusions apply. See stores for details. Blog Talk Radio. to another show of ISPS Radio. I'm your host, Manuel Ferrero. Last week, we had Mr. John Fisher from Fisher Law Firm on here talking about the uh, liabilities of swinging a shaved bat. Uh, a lot of you heard that show on the replay and uh, sent in some tweets. You guys sent in some uh, messages on our Facebook um, a lot of emails sent in. A lot of people listened into that show. It was a very popular show, so we decided to do a part two of that show, and we invited John Fisher from at Fisher Law Firm. You can find them on Twitter at Fisher Law Firm on Twitter. We invited John over again tonight uh, to continue discussing about the liabilities of swinging a shaved bat and to uh, ask him some of these questions sent in by you guys, uh, the fans, the listeners of the show. You guys are the ones, you guys are our producers, basically. So uh, we we uh, talk about what you guys want to talk about. So uh, if you really want to change this show or want to hear something specifically, chime in. Uh, call in the show. The number is 347-637-3978 or send us a tweet at ISPSO or also on our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash ISPSO. <clears throat> also, you can send us email. Send us an email at info at ISPSsoftball.com or just visit our website, ISPSsoftball.com, and we'll be happy to uh, answer your questions or talk to you on the air about whatever you'd like to talk about. So, um Let's uh, talk a little bit about some upcoming tournaments, some news coming up, and then we'll have John Fisher in from Fisher Law Firm to talk more about the liabilities of swinging shaved bats. B45 yellow birch wood bats from Canada are the official wood bats of ISPS and also the official bat used in the ISPS Puerto Rican leagues in Puerto Rico. They're made from pro-select yellow birch wood from Canada. And also they will be featured in some of our upcoming ISPS wood bat tournaments and wood bat leagues. Stay tuned for more information. 
visit them on Twitter and also follow them at B45 Yellow Birch. B45 Yellow Birch, the official wood bat of ISPS. You're listening to the ISPS East Coast Radio Show with your host, Manuel Ferrero. We're on live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the ISPS radio channel on Blog Talk Radio. Send us your questions by Twitter at ISPSO or Facebook.com forward slash ISPSO. Or if you want to go live on the show, call the guest call-in hotline at 347-637-3978. Again, that number to call is area code 347-637-3978. And make sure you listen to all the new shows as well as the old ones on the new ISPS mobile app from our website. I want to give a shout-out to uh, listeners listening in all the way from uh, Venezuela. I want to give a shout-out to Hector Cardozo. Thank you for listening in, Hector. And also Andrex from the Lumberjacks and all the guys from the Lumberjacks listening in from Florida. Uh, Give a big shout-out to them. Um, In some upcoming tournament events, we have the, the first, ISPS Florida NIT of 2014. It's actually this Saturday in Kendall Indian Hammocks. Um, for more information on this, visit the ISPSsoftball.com website. Uh, it's this weekend at Kendall Indian Hammocks. It's the first of four Florida NIT tournaments um, for this year of 2014. Um, and we will be giving out the Orange NIT Championship rings in Florida. So uh, check that out. There's um, there's also a picture there of the rings. They look very, very nice. They have the uh, state of Florida. They have an orange because this is the Orange NIT. This is an orange-themed um, tournament since the, uh, the official, I guess the official fruit of Florida is the orange. So the state fruit and the um, the theme of the tournament is orange. So uh, check it out. It's this Saturday at Kendall Indian Hammocks, or if you just want to come out and check out the uh, competition, it's this Saturday. We'll probably be starting around 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning uh, at Kendall Indian Hammocks in Kendall, Florida. Uh, every Tuesday night right here on ISPS Radio on Blog Talk Radio, you can listen in to the ISPS radio show with your host, myself, Manuel Ferrero. You can also call in the radio show. It's area code 347-37-3978. Again, that number is 347-637-3978. A little bit later, we'll be talking to John Fisher uh, with the part two of the liabilities of swinging a shave back. But a little bit before that, we want to talk about... um, the Santa Ana inaugural slow pitch softball tournament in uh, Santa Ana, California. I know this is the uh, the East Coast show, but um, until the West Coast show starts coming up in April with uh, Corey Ryder from Toe to Toe Softball, um, I want to mention that Mr. Dan Rodriguez will be hosting the uh, inaugural Santa Ana slow pitch softball tournament of 2014 in Santa Ana, in California. Um, Mr. Dan Rodriguez, I want to give a big shout-out to him. 
um, for all the hard work he's been having uh, to do up there in California, setting up the uh, 2014 schedule for California. So we got we want to give a, a big shout out to Dan Rodriguez over there in Southern Cal. Um, the first Santa Ana inaugural tournament of 2014 is March 29th at the um, where is this at? I know it's in Santa Ana, <clears throat> but the tournament is actually at the Centennial Regional Park at 3000 West Edinger Avenue in Santa Ana, California. For more information on this one, call Dan Rodriguez at 714-795-1703. This is a West Coast show. Um, Sorry, a West Coast tournament. This is the East Coast show, but until our West Coast show starts, we will let you know about our West Coast tournaments coming up. This is Santa Ana, the inaugural tournament on March 29th in Santa Ana. Um, Dr. Ray, our, our official chiropractor of ISTS softball, has his own show now on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, Dr. Ray has grown his from a from a small 15, maybe it was like first started as a 10, 15-minute segment on our show late at night when we used to be late at night. Um, and he has actually branched out, and now he has his own radio show. Um, it's an hour long on Thursday nights at 7 p.m., uh, so visit the uh, Blog Talk Radio page, and you can also find his past shows. And also you can call in his show directly at, at um, 347-637-3978. It's the same number here through the studio. Um, just on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. is the Dr. Ray Hot Corner Show. Uh, it's a very, very popular show. He talks about everything um, from sports to current events, to a lot about health, um, he also talks about fantasy baseball, and he has his top three, which last week we had our top three cars. Um, so it's a very cool show. I, I, I usually listen in. I usually call in the show as well. He has special guests there. And um, I always leave the show uh, learning something new. So it's a very informative show. It's very entertaining. Listen in on Thursday nights right here on Blog Talk Radio. On April 5th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, we have our Florida Spring Fling at Mills Pond Softball Complex. Um, this is going to be a men's and a co-ed tournament. Um, this is April 5th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, the number to call for this tournament is area code 786-245-3243 or email info at ispssoftball.com. The co-ed teams are just going to pay $150. They must be sanctioned for 2014 online, and they got to have their roster currently online before the tournament. Uh, men's upper and lower will be $275 per team. Um, this is the ISPS Florida Spring Fling, April 5th at Mills Pond Softball Complex. Uh, they will be checking bats. Before the tournament, um, they will be, yes, random testing also will be in effect. Uh, so make sure you uh, 
don't take out any bets that are that are altered or shaved or anything like that because they will be checking bets there. Um, Two seventy five for men's upper and lower, and co-ed is just a hundred and fifty dollars. So that's the ISPS Florida 2014 Spring Fling at Mills Pond Softball Complex, April 5th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. On um, April 19th, um, we don't have much information yet, but this is just so that you guys could save the date. The Rock the World Qualifier will be in Kendall, Florida. This will be April 19th, 2014, so uh, save that date. Uh, it's the ISPS Rock the World Qualifier. For more information on that, visit our website, ISPSsoftball.com. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's not much information, just the uh, save the date, April 19th, Rock the World Qualifier. I want to give a big shout-out to all the teams in Puerto Rico and the uh, Puerto Rican ISPS director, Mr. Abraham Aleman. Uh, they're currently in mid-season form down there in um, Puerto Rico, the island of Puerto Rico. I want to give a shout-out to Vuela uh, Cercas, Ceramica from Carolina, Home Plate, Hotel Intercontinental, Los Alacranes, Los Lobos 22, Las Piñas, Lo Más Que, Atléticos Rabiosos, Los Marlins, All-Stars, Los Peposos, Los Pimpin, Los Piebru, Los Macacos, Los Reciclados, and Los Viajeros. I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Abraham Aleman, like I said, the ISPS Puerto Rican director, and also Mr. Angel Flores, the B-45 wood bat rep in Puerto Rico. Uh, these people have been um, hosting one of the best leagues in the uh, island of Puerto Rico, and they continue to work very hard um, to keep it running smooth. I know they've been having some uh, issues with the uh, local government and the uh, fields over there, but they have a very, very nice group of teams. All the guys over there are very uh, great players. They're great people. So I just want to give a shout-out to everybody over there in ISPS Puerto Rico. Um, Miami also has with that leagues. I want to give a shout out to all the teams in Chapman Field, the uh, Wood Bat leagues, and also welcome um, the new team sponsored by Soulfly, uh, the Pendeckers. I want to give a shout out to Kevin Castro, and uh, they will be joining the league coming this uh, Sunday. I believe they will be joining that league. Uh, so uh, give a shout-out to Kevin Castro and the Pendeckers. Thank you to Hitting Jacket, the official ISPS training tool and on-deck weights of ISPS. Make sure you visit their website, hittingjacket.com, and use the uh, discount code ISPS. Um, they are the official training tool and on-deck weights of ISPS are a great, great um, little invention. I mean, the simplest, simplest thing you just wish you would have thought of yourself. It's a, uh, basically it's like an on-deck donut, but instead of it sliding down towards the uh, barrel of the bat, it sits closer to the handle of the bat, and it actually allows you 
to use the tool while hitting Live BP. Uh, so check it out. It's hittingjacket.com and use the ISPS discount code for 10% off at hittingjacket.com. Um, currently it's 815. Um, in a few more minutes we will be having Mr. John Fisher come on the show and answer some of these uh, questions that you guys sent in um, on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, but first we have to finish going through these headlines. Just to let you guys know, in Florida, the um, ISPS 2014 full schedule is currently up uh, for the state of Florida. So if you want to um, schedule your team's tournaments for the year of 2014 in Florida, check out ISPSsoftball.com. And it all, cul uh, it all culminates into the 2014 ISPS World Championships on November 1st, and uh, if you go visit the ISPSworlds.com website, it's a specific website just made specifically for the ISPS World Tournament, there is a uh, countdown clock, and I'm trying to get there right now to let you guys know what the uh, countdown clock looks like and to see how many... Um, how many days there are actually left, uh, but currently something's going on with that website. But uh, as soon as it comes up, I will let you guys know. But ISPSWorlds.com for more information. We're going to take a quick break. I think we're having some technical difficulties here in the studio with the uh, Internet, but um, we'll be right back with John Fisher from Fisher Law Firm right after these few words. Whatever bat and ball sport you play, Pop Toss has a pitching machine that will help your swing and improve your hitting. Visit them at 21stCenturyBattingTees.com and make sure you use the promo code ISPS for exclusive discounts to ISPS radio listeners and also ISPS ballplayers. ISPS is the 21st Century Batting Tee. Remember, visit them at 21stCenturyBattingTees.com and use the promo code ISPS. Every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can listen in to and call in the ISPS East Coast Radio Show. Call in at area code 347-637-3978 or send us your questions on Twitter at ISPSO. Also, don't forget to call in area code 347-637-3978 and talk to the doctor, Dr. Ray Tomos, now on his very own show every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Also, right here on ISPS Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, call in at area code 347-637-3978. Again, that number is 347 Six three seven three nine seven eight, or tweet us at ISPSO or at Dr. Ray T to contact the show. Hey everyone, this is Manuel Ferrero reminding you to visit our sponsor Muchera Sports at Muchera.com, the most innovative baseball and softball performance gear the base pass have ever seen. 
Muchera is the official sliding pants of ISPS. When you visit Muchera.com, make sure you remember to use the ISPS discount code. Simply put ISPS and receive 10% off your order. Now, there's 227 days left for the ISPS 2014 World Championships. Uh, just to let you know, there's already teams um, from Puerto Rico, from uh, Curaçao, and also from the Bahamas, uh, obviously teams from Florida. Um, the Hitmen are, have already won their paid berth to the World Championships for winning the uh, Winter World Championships a couple of weeks ago. They also won rings uh, for the Winter World, so we want to give a big shout-out to Manny Sanchez and the Hitmen, again, uh, for winning the Winter World's Championship rings and the paper to the World Championships November 1st weekend in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. If you visit the ISPSworlds.com website, we finally got it up and going. There's 227 days, 11 hours, 39 minutes, and 4 seconds left before the uh, World Championships. So uh, make sure you get your team signed up and approved to go. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Kerry Legvold and uh, Zachary Hoover from Iowa. They are hosting some Iowa slow-pitch softball tournaments coming up in Oskaloosa as well as Waterloo, Iowa. Um, they, are, they will be starting May 10th in Edmonton Park, and they will be having a few tournaments about four or five tournaments so far in the uh, state of Iowa. So for more information on those, visit ISPSsoftball.com for more information on that. Um, we also have the ISPS Canadian Woodbat National Championships as well as the Canadian um, – regular Canadian, not wood bat, but just regular bat Canadian National Championships. The wood bat championships will be July 24th through the 27th. You can check out the uh, rings we will be giving out for the wood bat Canadian National Championships on our website at ISPSsoftball.com. And the regular Canadian National Championships will be the following month August 24th, sorry, August 22nd through the 24th, and both of these tournaments will be in Alberta, Canada at the uh, Softball Valley Softball Complex, which um, actually somebody on uh, Twitter actually told us today that those, those, um, those fields are actually very, very nice and that we will be very, very pleased with uh, the Diamonds I uh, want to give a shout-out to Les L. Slopich on Twitter, Les L. Slopich on Twitter, and also Durina33 on Twitter from Canada hitting us up earlier today um, on Twitter. If you want to tweet us, it's at ISPSO, and also our guest speaker for today is John Fisher from at Fisher Law Firm, and we're going to be having him join us 
right after these few words. You're listening to the ISPS East Coast Radio Show with your host, Manuel Ferrero. We're on live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the ISPS radio channel on Blog Talk Radio. Send us your questions by Twitter at ISPSO or Facebook.com forward slash ISPSO. Or if you want to go live on the show, call the guest call-in hotline at 347-637-3978. Again, that number to call is area code 347-637-3978. And make sure you listen to all the new shows as well as the old ones on the new ISPS mobile app from our website. I want to give a big uh, welcome to the official law law firm of ISPSO. It's at Fisher Law on Twitter, Mr. John Fisher. Thank you uh, for joining the show. John, are you there? Uh, Yeah, man, I'm here. John, thanks again for joining the show, man. Um, You know, last week we had a very, very popular topic, as you can imagine, the the liabilities of of swinging a shaved bat. Um, you know, our, our shows are mostly listened to the following days, the following weeks. Um, most of our, our listens come in when people download the podcast and they listen to the replays. And a lot of people, you know, were, were concerned. They, they were interested in the show last week, so they send in a, a, ton, of, a ton of messages. A lot of them were the same questions. Um, asked by different people, but I've narrowed them down to a few questions um, so that we could, you know, ask you and uh, and get your professional opinion. Uh, but before that, let's let's. How are you doing, John? How how has your week been since uh, we last spoke last week on the show? Um, my my week's actually been very well, and may you know again I appreciate you having me on the show, and you know this is uh, a topic that. You know, since I'm a player, it's something that I'm interested in well, so it's always always good to give back and talk about it. But, yeah, the week's been good. Um, you know, anxious to get back out there and get playing again. Nice. And I heard uh, I heard your knee was hurting the other day. Uh, have you gone to see Dr. Ray and, and gone to check out your, your knee? No, I actually um, – I, I checked out the knee, and the knee was fine. Uh, but, you know, kind of kind of my luck, I may have a problem with my uh, shoulder that I actually went to the doctor today for, and uh, based on what he saw, he ordered an MRI. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. Nice, man. Well, keep us updated on that. We we wish you all the, the best of luck with that. We we don't want you missing any games out there. Um, no, my, my, myself on it. <laughs> but John, really quick, dude, let's get right into these questions, man. Um, let's let's. Uh, where do you want to start? New York, Illinois, or Ohio? Um, shot in the dark. Let's go with Illinois. Illinois, Michael Miller from Illinois, Danville, Illinois, actually. Um, he wants to know what happens if you don't know when you buy it? And can a buyer pursue criminal or civil damages from a seller of a shaved bat? Uh, okay, well, that, that, that's obviously a very good question, and that's something um, to take into consideration. Now, I'm 
obviously not an attorney in Illinois, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give general uh, information regarding how it would work here in Florida. Um, you know, if you, at least from the criminal standpoint, uh, if you don't know that the bat is shaved, you know, as I mentioned last week, you know, it's very hard to prove uh, any type of liability against you, at least in the criminal realm, because, you know, obviously it's not an intentional act. Um, you know, in regards to culpable negligence, it, it has almost that intentional to it because you have to have gross indifference to the safety of others. And if you don't know that the bat is shaved, um, I, I don't think that you would be exposed to, to the criminal as, aspect. Now, from a civil side, you know, now the civil liability for negligence is much lower. And we, as as people of society, we owe a duty of ordinary care towards towards others. And if you are purchasing a bat from somebody that, and then the way they look at it, and not to get too complicated, they look at the reasonable reasonable man, a reasonable person, and, and see what they would have thought in like a situation. So if, if you're buying something from somebody who you know sells shaved bats or who you know always has shaved bats and you buy one, you know, is it safe to assume that bat is shaved? And, and you failing to ask or failing to find out, you know, maybe you might have breached that duty of care because, you know, a reasonable person in that same like scenario would have asked or would have inquired or would have thought that, in fact, that bat was shaved. So it really depends on each situation, and obviously everything is fact-specific. So, you know, the, these, the question is maybe, you know, there may be, but, but I, w- I would tend to say that, that y- you would not be, and, and, but I don't want to use that as a, as a claim that you may not be. Uh, so I think um, for the person, if you don't know, it, it's really going to be hard to hold you responsible. Now, with regards to the buyer against the seller, um, that, again, I, I think is an issue of, of maybe. And, and the thing, what you would do is, is the way we work in Florida is if someone were to sue you because the bat was shaved and you didn't know, what you would do is file a claim against the seller and say, well, it's your responsibility. You should have told me. Uh, I should have been made aware. And because I wasn't, I injured somebody. Now I'm responsible. And, and what they kind of do is you put the seller on the hook for you or at least to cover you uh, if there's any going to be a liability against yourself. And that that's what I think would be um, uh, maybe a common scenario with, with the question you presented. Right. Now, like what if it's um... – a beginner slope softball player, and nowadays how these people are shaving bats and they have these machines that will rewrap with the plastic wrapping back over the back over the bat after they shave. And what if a beginner player has no idea that these altered bats are out there, that this shaving community is out there, and he's, you know, he sees a new, a new bat in a new wrapper, and he's the first one to open the wrapper, so he he's not thinking that that bat is altered. Um, yeah, yeah, and, would, and I and I would, think. Go ahead. I, I'm not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but I, no, I no, think no, no. Go going ahead. To... That, that was my question. Would would that be <laughs> would that be considered, um, you know, intent? No. The, the the simple question is no. I mean, if you don't know and you buy something that's fresh out of the wrapper and it's wrapped up and you buy it from somebody, um, I would say no. I mean, how are you supposed to know? I mean, like I said before, you know, many of these bats, um, you know, they, they will pass a visual inspection. There's nothing to set them aside from any other bat without, obviously, the way it hit the compression and also <clears throat> an internal examination. So you, as as a buyer, would likely not, are, are not going to have any knowledge of that. And I would say that, you know, because of that, you wouldn't be responsible. 
Um, you know, but again, like I said, there, there's, there's, you know, it's fact specific, but generally, if you don't know, you're not going to be held responsible. And that goes, that goes for the, um, for Danny Kidwell in Tiffin, Ohio. Um, he basically asks kind of the same thing. What's the liability of using a shaved bat? Uh, what's the liability if you shave a bat? And what's the liability if you use one and don't know? It's pretty much the same questions. Um, but what's the liability if you shave a bat? Um, unless you get caught, right? There, there's, you know, or unless somebody gets hurt, correct? Yeah, I mean, at, at, we, we talked about this last week. I mean, you know, a lot of these bat manufacturers, they have, uh, you know, patents and, and on their designs, and there's copyright and trademarks, at least from the organization. So if you alter the bat or alter any of the properties or stuff, you, it may be construed as a federal crime because you may be violating the, the, the copyright laws or and or the patent laws by, by changing the design um, or of the bat or also alternating it by, by painting it and whatnot. So you, you can be liable in that extent. Now, if that is used and subsequently hurt someone and, the, you know, everyone knew the bat was shaved, the, the bat, uh, the person who doctors the bat may be vicariously liable. And, they, and what that means is they would be equally as responsible as the person who goes out and hit it. And that's why you see many of these bat doctors um, have you sign the waivers. When you buy a bat that's rolled or is, or is cut, they, uh, they have to sign a waiver disclaiming any responsibility uh, for any injuries that may result. Now, John, do you think these bat manufacturers will ever go after these um, these bat doctors? You, you know, that, that's, that, that's an interesting question. And, and I think, um, you know, I kind of want to clarify something I stated last week. And, and I stated, you know, when we were talking about the manufacturers that, you know, they know it happens. It's all about the money because, you know, cutting a bat basically decreases the the time or the length, the duration of the bats, they have to go buy a new one. And, and I don't want to, you know, say that by creating or manufacturing bats the way they do, these manufacturers, it's their tacit approval of the bat shaving or bat doctoring. I mean, I, I looked at a couple of the, uh, the warranty information for, uh, you know, a couple of them, the bat manufacturers, and I know at least Easton Combat, um, looks like Louisville, a lot of the bats, you know, they have their warranties per year, but any alterations, you know, whether it's rolling, shaving, and loading, uh, anything to that effect, voids the warranty. So they, they're aware it's happening. And, and I think that, you know, if they know about it, they may. But I think what you do see is you see more or less the organizations, the ASA, ISA, UTRIP, uh, NSA, that would be making the steps to go afterwards because they're the ones that are putting these these tournaments together, and they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for the field of play and the individuals and the rule structure. So I think that the, it would come. The pressure is going to come more from the organizational control than it would be the manufacturers. Now let me ask you something. What if somebody gets hurt and they get hurt by a shaved bat? Now you you mentioned earlier about um, I guess common courtesy of of looking out for for the well well being of others. What if somebody that gets injured decides to go after these bat manufacturers for making these bats? too easily accessible for these bat doctors to be able to to alter the bats. 
Did they, well, did that, I, did they actually I, I have think, any grounds for that? Yeah, I mean, I think the short answer is yes. I mean, obviously it would depend, but for an, for an individual to go out to the bat, the bat doctor, they would have to link the bat to that particular person, and that may be, be difficult. Um, unless you're going to have someone say, okay, you know, wanted shave, which, which, you know, no one's going to openly say if someone gets hurt to the bad shave, a lot of times they won't turn it over because that's just, you know, liability and sense that they want to avoid. So it's going to be, you would have to show some sort of chain, at least, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, from the individual that hit it to the bat manufacturer, or the bat doctor, excuse me. And then, yes, there may be um, some sort of vicarious liability against that individual. Um, obviously, again, it's very fact-specific, so you'd have to look and, you know, at the particulars of each individual case, but you may be able to make a claim against the bad doctor for your injuries. No, but what I mean is, would that person that got injured be able to go after the bat manufacturers on the basis of what you mentioned earlier with the whole well-being for others and and, and the common courtesy of, of uh of making your products safe for others, would an individual be able to file a suit against the bat manufacturers for making the bats too easily accessible for bat doctors to alter? You understand my question? No, I do. Um, I, I, th- I think, and this is just my, my personal opinion, that the, the claim against the manufacturers is a stretch. You know, that's, you know, that's going to be very difficult. I mean, that's like saying that, you know, a drunk driver hit me, so I'm going to sue Toyota. You know, that's that's not really how it's designed to be made. It's not how it's designed to be used. And if it's operated negligently, you know, they can't do anything about it. I mean, there, there's, you know, I know we had talked about, you know, obviously the manufacturer, they have the, the end cap and one solid piece, but we don't know. There's too many variables. We don't know the production costs, the time, and, and whatnot to go into their cre- to create a, a single uniform piece that isn't, isn't able to be doctored. But that just eliminates the, the, the shaving and the end loading techniques. I don't think it, it eliminates any of the other compression techniques with the rolling um, or hitting with an altered, uh, a different object. So I think the stretch against the manu—that's a stretch against the manufacturer. Now against the individual who shaved the bat, yes, you would be able to have a claim, and it's that—that's—it's an ordinary—it's a duty of ordinary care, and and that's really what it is. And you're saying, you know, it's kind of like, look, you would have to go after the person that hit you and also the person that you know created the bat or or, sh- or altered the bat, and say that, look, this individual gave it to him. That they're both equally responsible, and that's that joint, that's jointly and severally liable for the actions of the person at the bat because they know it's shaved. They know someone's going to use it. They know it's going to be put in play, and they know that individuals are susceptible to injury. And if they're injured, you know, with all this knowledge, I think they, sh- you know, should and can uh, be held responsible by an individual that's been injured. Well, great questions from uh, Ohio. Um, Ohio, Danny Kidwell, and Michael Miller from uh, Danville, Illinois. Um, John, I have another another couple of questions from New York, New York City, New York. Um, John Reichman, he wants to know if shaving bats should be looked into more. I guess he's trying to trying to ask is should should it be looked into more by um, the, the the authorities? I'm guessing. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it should. Um, you know, we're seeing this national movement towards safety 
uh, in, in various athletic sports. I mean, if we look, you know, if we take them on a case-by-case basis, if we look at the NFL, you know, how much of the rule change have been made to protect these players, you know, to the best they can. Now we have, you know, as, as Major League Baseball season is getting started, we have the new rule regarding plays at home and the catchers and the runners, you know, in order to, you know, eliminate the, that safety issue. And, and I think what, what we're seeing is, is look, we know that we're we're all athletes, and we're we're playing this for enjoyment. We're playing this for fun. We're not, you know, some of us, maybe the majority of us, aren't getting paid to do so. And I mean, really, we're trying to just go out there and have a good time. And we know it's 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 you can be injured. But what we want to see happen is is look, you take out the extra degree of danger, take out you know the 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 the, the so-called benefits, and say, look, go out there and have a good time. I mean. You know, we want to see safer tournaments. We want to see that, you know, it should be almost that these tournaments have the compression testing done uniformly just to protect everyone. And honestly, you know, so what? You lose out on, you know, having a bat that you can hit at 30 feet. But, I mean, you can work at getting back to the level, you know. I mean, we see the guy putting him out Sunday nights with a wood bat. So I don't think that the benefits or so-called benefits are outweigh the, the unnecessary risk. So, so I would hope, and you know, that moving forward, that this is something that's really taken taken to heart and, and trying to eradicate this the, the problem with Shea Bass. Well, I totally agree with you. And uh, John sent in a second part to his question. Um, he's saying that there should be, or there needs to be, a better way than just compression testing for bats. Uh, new and wrapper bats shave will pass compression compression tests because the fibers haven't been broken up yet. Uh, so he wants to uh, know. So so are the major players and or conference players just getting a blind eye turn because of the home run or the long ball sells? So basically, um, some of these major players or conference players are are shaving the bats still in the wrappers, or I guess they rewrap them, and that first compression test, before it even gets used, I guess they're still passing, uh, but they won't even last uh, a whole game sometimes. Do you think they're turning a blind eye towards these major players and conference balls to, I mean, conference players to sell more long balls and sell more home runs in the in the upper echelon of, of our sport? Yeah, I, I don't think that Necessarily, they're turning a blind eye. I mean, look, the the tests are what we have. I mean, we can, you know, as we talked before. I mean, these bats, you know, without the compression testing, I mean, you have to do an interior visual inspection to see, you know, some of the inner cuts, and that's only for the shaving. I mean, there's alter, you know, there's different alteration techniques um, that are being implemented, and and I think that, you know, the compression testing is really just the first line of defense, and what that does is, you know. Those play, you know, not so many players come out there with a brand new bat, freshly shaved for a tournament. And what that does, that that tends to deter those individuals from pulling the shaved bats out of their bag, you know. And and for me, it's almost like if you can if you can remove, you know, seventy five percent, let's say, or eighty percent of the of of the shaved bats from these tournaments by using the initial compression testing, then then that's a win. I mean, that that's that's more than you had before, and that decreases the susceptibility for injuries. And I, and I think that, look, if they want to go up to the upper levels and everybody's using them, then that's fine. I mean, I, I don't 
you know, I'm not, we don't condone that, but there's nothing we can do. And we, all we can do is, is the best we can and try to implement the procedures we have in place to try to protect the players. And I think that the protections need to be more at the lower levels where you have some of the beginner players, some of the people that, you know, may not be as good as the players at the upper levels and can handle the quick reflex of the reaction time that we talked about last week that is, you know, severely decreased by using these shaved bats. So we got to work with what we can, and, and I think that, Overall, if we see it done consistently, you know, throughout throughout the nation and, and in all of these tournaments with the different organizations, we'll, we will have that deterrent effect, and we will start to see a, a decrease in the use of these bats. Oh yeah, it, it's it's going to be hard. I mean, you know, even if you change the way you manufacture the bats, um, if you want to alter that, if you want to do some type of criminal not criminal, but if you want to do something uh, to better your chances, you're going to do it. You're going to find a way to do it. Um, I think, you know, society as a whole, and what I mean by society, the slow-pitch softball community as a whole has to, you know, change the way of thinking and, um, you know, try to try to police this, this shave bat epidemic a little bit more from within. Uh, and, and maybe... Maybe you are right. At the lower levels, it should be policed more because, like you said, more of these beginner players are more success, successful, yeah, accessible to um, getting injured from these shaved bats. Um, but I really think it would it, it, it's a it's a slow pitch softball community problem in a, in a whole. Um, we got to change the way we think, and uh, you know look out after our brothers before wanting to hit, you know, 30 or 40 extra feet and, and, and hit those home runs. Um, any last words, John? I mean, thank you for all this information, man. And, and I thank you again for coming back to the show and, and answering some of these questions. Um, any last words or last thoughts about the uh, liabilities of shaving bats? Um, you know, I, and I appreciate you bringing me back on. Um, you know, for me – uh, you know, there's 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 a lot we can we can talk about and we can sit around and I think it's there's kind of there's there's people on both sides you know whether they're for or against and and I think that no matter which side you want I think everyone can agree that the addition of shade bats into the softball community just creates unnecessary dangers and risks to to an already inherently dangerous game and I think that you know collectively if we you know, if we raise, I don't know, if we raise the awareness enough and make sure that people are aware that, you know, hopefully, you know, as much as we talked about society wanting to, to have that edge, you know, that people will just say, look, you know, it's not worth the risk. I mean, you know, myself, you know, I, I get injured without, you know, being used, hit by a bat. So I just, you know, don't want to have these injuries become commonplace and these bats unnecessarily exposing people to risk. And, and you know, so we can go out there and just, just enjoy our time and enjoy the game. Right. I mean, think about when you leave this game for the next generation or, or your, you know, your son or your daughter playing this, this game in the, in the future. You don't want them to get injured or you don't want them to injure anybody else um, with, the, with these altered bats. I really think what, what we can do or maybe what somebody should do, somebody in the upper echelon of, of our sport, um, they should really come out and, and, and say something or, or, you know, 
try to end this this uh, this problem because it, it is a problem. And if we don't if we don't say something now, if we don't do something now, it's just going to get worse. Uh, they're going to get better at altering these bats. Uh, they're also going to get better at concealing these altered bats. And um, maybe it, it needs to come from somebody up at the top of uh, at the top of this game to really um, change change this uh, this this situation that we have. What do you think about that? Do you think anybody from from the upper echelon will come out and and say something? You know, maybe, and 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 I think that you know, as the, like I talked about before, the growing safety concerns, you know, in, in all sports, that eventually people are going to say, you know, they're going to look at themselves, and they'll be in a position that they have more influence uh, over over those individuals, and may come out and say and support you know, the growing change to, to move away from these doctored bats. And, and, you know, hopefully when that comes that, you know, there's there's more people behind and everyone and can see that, like, look, you don't need it. It's really not necessary. And, you know, it's just it's just safer for everyone to just really to really get rid of it. So so what should we do? Should we call out any uh, – I know, I know they just uh, named the, uh, the national team and the, the futures – the futures team for for our sport. Should we call out some of these uh, athletes and and um, have somebody come out and say something about this altered bat or shaved bat ep- epidemic? Maybe not by name, but call out call out the team, call out the uh, national team, and and maybe have them collectively as a whole say something. You know, say something. Yeah to these bad doctors or, you know, maybe to the manufacturers themselves and try to try to make this a, a much safer game for the future generations. You know, it, and that may not be a bad idea. I mean, it's, look, it's, you know, doing nothing will get you nothing. So at least, you know, any attempt that we can to try to, to really change the sport for the better, you know, you, we may get the results we want. If we get nothing, we're still in the same position had we not done anything. So I think that, you know, looking at all avenues and maybe contacting them and see if, what their position are, and maybe they, you know, a statement can be made, and then we'll see what that does. Not a bad idea, man. I mean, and you know, the worst thing is doing nothing. If you just sit back and just wait till somebody else does something, you know, maybe it, nothing ever gets done. So it, it, it's you got to take it upon yourself, and you know, maybe maybe by calling out some of these. Uh, some of these guys from the upper echelon of our sport. Um, and I have, I have interviewed a few of them on our show uh, in, in past shows, maybe, um, maybe some of our uh, past guests, guests, uh, special guests will come out and say something. Um, but who knows? We'll, uh, we'll see what the future holds. Um, John, I want to give you, you know, another big thank you, man, for coming back on the show um, you have nothing but great information. I will uh, will keep you here on our list of uh, special guests. And uh, if we ever have any legal issues, we will have you back on the show. Um, also, if you guys, the listeners, want any type of uh, legal advice from John Fisher at Fisher Law Firm, you can find them on Twitter at Fisher Law Firm. Um, John, why don't you give the listeners out there your uh, contact information and uh, what type of services you, you give out there? Uh, sure. And, and, again, Manny, thanks for having me on the show. Look, it's always a good time. And, 
you know, to get out here and, and, and help support the softball community of which, you know, I'm a part of. Again, you know, my name is John Fisher, Fisher Law Firm, and, you know, I'm based in Fort Lauderdale. I'm actually, I live down in Miami. Uh, you can reach me, uh, 954-563-8111. Uh, call me anytime. Uh, you can you can come and talk to me for free. I do free consults. So any any issue you have, really, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a small practice, but, you know, we, we handle, uh, you know, any types of claims you have regarding personal injury, contract matters, commercial litigation. So, we're kind of all-encompassing. So any questions you have, call me. Um, you can reach me on my website, www.jpfisherlaw.com, uh, or like many have mentioned at Twitter, at Fisher Law Firm. Uh, John, if anybody gets injured out there and they they think um, that a uh, altered or shaved bat was used, would you be able to help them? And, and if so, what would would you recommend, obviously they should get first medical attention, but um, what would you recommend that they do after they get their medical uh, attention? Well, I, I think that if you are injured and there is, you, you do think it's from an altered bat, I mean, I, I think it, these tournament organizations and uh, league organizers, what they need to do, anytime there's an injury, Really, you know, I know we had talked about this. The bat and the ball just needed to be taken, and I and I know a lot of people threw open arms, you know, because you know they're taking my badge. You're gonna cut my badge. You're gonna pay me money. Well, that may be the case, and if it's if it fails the compression test, I mean, there there must be um, something that's that's done to hold that bat at least for an undetermined amount of time until it can be determined whether that bat's cut. So if that, you know, obviously number one, go get medical treatment. You know, that's the that's the main thing. Get taken care of, and then you know. Um, Call me, um, and and you know we can really try to try to look at the facts of what has happened and try to see if there's any type of potential claim uh, to, to try to get you compensated. So they should make sure that the the di- the director or I guess the umpire on the field should take that ball and bat if they did feel that they got injured. That's your you know that should be the I first mean, thing. Make sure they compensate. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah, it would have to be done because you know. Look, if, if the bat's not there, you don't know what the bat is, there's no way to prove the bat's shape. You know, that's that's kind of the main thing. I mean, we're talking about you're going to have to demonstrate that the bat has been altered, and, and the only way to do that is you've got to have the bat. So, and I know that there's a big disagreement about this and, you know, I, about, look, if you injure somebody and they get hurt bad, the, the bat needs to be taken. I mean, that's just the simple truth, whether it's at a tournament or at league night. Uh, because you know that's the risk they take by using these bats is that they hurt someone and then ultimately they should be responsible. So I think that if if it's done and somebody's hurt, that the bat should needs to be taken uh, first and foremost uh, to ensure that look if they do go get medical treatment, that if it shows the bat has been altered, they can demonstrate that and and seek compensation for the injuries. Right. I mean, look. Um, we've just had an issue this past week in New Jersey. Um, somebody was injured on the field. Um, I'm not going to mention where or when, but the, the person actually passed away. And I just, I just heard about this this past week. Um, and now the park is under, under litigation and the park is currently not allowing any any more tournaments, any more leagues uh, for slow softball at that complex. So, um, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know the details of the injury, what had happened, but you know, it, it's it's getting to the point where some of these parks are now even considering allowing slow pitch softball back onto their back onto their facilities and and part of their programs uh, because they just don't want to be responsible or liable for for these situations. You know, and, and that's, that's unfortunate. I think to both aspects. One, the you know the you know injuries of that magnitude, but also the repercussions from that that punishes those people that are you know not doing anything incorrectly. And it may we don't know obviously the full particulars into what has happened, but I mean the parks need to realize that if it, it's kind of incumbent on them to ensure the safety of play and to ensure the bats you know at least from an initial standpoint, have, have been through a compression testing. Because if it's not and someone's hurt and it's in fact a shaved bat, ultimately they may be responsible. So that's something that just needs to be aware of. John, really quick question that just popped in my mind. I know I know of a park that has a compression bat testing machine on site, but they never use it. Um, would that be considered, you know, negligence or anything like that or, or you know, they they would have their own policy of when they could check it or, or whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I I've actually I've been playing in a game uh in a league night where the umpire, you know, basically told me that the bat was, was altered and it got sent to a compression machine came back and it passed. So, you know, I've seen it done and it's kind of you know, it, it, in a league night it's more of a judgment call. Uh and I think that um you know, I don't, I don't know the settings of the tournament, but yeah, that's the, their internal policy, and, and how they they choose to use that is really up to them. But I mean, it, it, you know, but but I would say that, that, that the rule of thumb should be that look before the tournament, run the bats through, have them tested, get a sticker, and then and then everyone goes about their day. You know, just you know, feeling a little bit more at ease. Got you, got you, man. Well, John, man, thank you for all this information. I'm I'm pretty sure we might get some more questions. Uh, later on with the replays later on this week, um, I'll be in contact with you. Um, remind remind everybody again where they can reach you uh, and your website again. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, John Fisher, you know, again, the, the, law, the Fisher Law Firm. You can reach me online at www.jpfisherlaw.com, and that's Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R, and my phone number is 954-563-8111. And you can reach me at Twitter at Fisher Law Firm. Well, John, thank you again for um, coming back on the part two of the liabilities of shaving, of swinging a shaved bat. Um, and we are formally calling out athletes of the uh, USA National Slow Pitch Softball Team and also the Futures Team uh, for them to come out and say something about this uh, shave bat epidemic that's going on in our slow pitch softball community. Because uh, somebody has to say something, and I really think, well, we really think um, that somebody from the upper echelon of our sport should say something because they are they are in a uh, position of power, and a lot of people listen to them. Uh, so I really think they should come out and say something before it gets worse. Um, thank you again for listening in to our show here on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. 
My name is Manuel Ferrero. I want to give a very big special thanks to our special guest, the official law firm of ISPS, Mr. John Fisher, at Fisher Law Firm on Twitter, and also uh, our listeners who sent in their questions, John from uh, New York City, New York, Michael from Danville, Illinois, uh, Danny Kidwell from Tiffin, Ohio, also Hector Cardoza from uh, Venezuela listening in, and also Abraham Aleman and the uh, Puerto Rican players listening in from the island of Puerto Rico. Um, this Thursday, we will have the uh, Hot Corner Show with Dr. Ray at 7 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, he starts his show at 7 p.m., a lot of health issues, a lot of um, fantasy baseball questions, and also his top three, listening for his top three uh, topics this Thursday night on the Hot Corner segment with Dr. Ray. Again, my name is Manuel Ferrero. This has been the ISPS East Coast Radio Show. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Also, thank you to our special guest, John Fisher. Make sure you listen in, listen to us next Tuesday night at 8 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. At 8 p.m. next Tuesday night, we'll be talking more about slow-pitch softball and um, see if any of these uh, athletes from the national team come out and say something about the shave bat epidemic. Thank you all for listening in. Peace.
North Pole Hotline. We've decked the hall for our holiday party. Now we need to get decked out, too. Get Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, get up to 50% off store-wide now on party-perfect styles like velvet tops and pixie pants. Up to 50% off? It is the season to be jolly. Jeans and sweaters start at just 15 bucks with tops from just 7 bucks. Ooh, we need those styles follow la la fast. Buy online and pick up in store for free. And don't forget to redeem your super cash now through Tuesday to save even more. Kids, we're going to Old Navy. Holiday your heart out with up to 50% off store-wide at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Valid through 12 select styles only. Other exclusions apply. See stores for details. North Pole Hotline. We've decked the hall for our holiday party. Now we need to get decked out, too. Get Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, get up to 50% off store-wide now on party-perfect styles like velvet tops and pixie pants. Up to 50% off? It is the season to be jolly. Jeans and sweaters start at just 15 bucks with tops from just 7 bucks. Ooh, we need those styles follow la la fast. Buy online and pick up in store for free. And don't forget to redeem your super cash now through Tuesday to save even more. Kids, we're going to Old Navy. Holiday your heart out with up to 50% off store-wide at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Valid through 12 select styles only. Other exclusions apply. See stores for details.